Welcome to the King of Games 98. On this episode, Gran Turismo versus Pokemon Red and Blue. Welcome back everybody to our very special King of Games 98 tournament. A tournament in which we look at the great games of 1998 and pit them against each other for final supremacy. My name is Ozzy Garcia and I will be taking the hosting share for the day. And joining me today is Jeff Ivets in the Netherlands. Hey, hi guys. And also Anthony Arriaga in the great nation of the Bronx. Briex! We're going into week three of this whole thing and I am celebrating Christmas. <laughs> time is meaningless at this point um so as a reminder if you like what you hear make sure to go to apple Podcasts and leave us a review hopefully that's gonna be five stars and not a troll review because that makes us very sad um and if you really dig what you hear then make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and finally if you really like what you hear then make sure to spread the word if you dig what we're doing so we are now done with a round of 16 of the king of games 98 this very very uh, special project that has taken on a life of its own and become much larger than we probably expected it would be. Uh, and there were some surprises and upsets in the last round, and almost all of them could be attributed to Arnie. Um, so he's not here today, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but now we enter the round of eight, and uh, things will be ratcheting up quite significantly in terms of difficulty. Um, all the games that advance um, are going to be facing a tougher challenge because this is really now the cream of the crop, uh, except for maybe one game that we shan't talk about. Um, so the games that advance from this round uh, will be going to the semifinal. And so the matchup for today will be Gran Turismo going up against Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, which are absolutely two games for entirely different audiences. Uh, so this will be a tough matchup, so let us see how they come out. Uh, as a reminder, we'll be looking at four factors. The first is our personal experience with the games and how we feel about them. And the second is critical and sales reception, which does not matter a whole ton, but it is one of the factors that we take into account. And the third factor is to consider the legacy of these games and how they changed the genre. Um, you know, we can pretty safely say that all of the games in this round of eight are pretty genre-defining, so it's going to be very interesting to take a look into this factor. And finally, uh, the last factor is to take into account how these games compare to each other and which one we would rather play nowadays, which kind of factors into how well these games have aged nowadays. So with that out of the way, let's go to the mat. Let's get it on! Ding, 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 so, ding, ding. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with you, Jeff. What's your experience with uh, these two games? What's your experience? Let's, let's start off with Gran Turismo. You weren't on the Gran Turismo episode. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, I was, and uh, I argued vehemently, uh, you know, for it. Um, we <laughs> uh, had Kelly on for that one, and it faced Xenogears, and uh, Gran Turismo ultimately ended up uh, taking the lead um, to give a car reference. <laughs> and uh, Kelly was very mad at me for that, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, decisions had to be made. Yeah. I, I uh, pretty pretty much. I mean, I, I still yeah. feel bad about how how badly I went against uh, Sino Gears. Uh, <laughs> but Gran Turismo is now uh, in the next round, and so I want to hear from you. What's your experience with Gran Turismo? 
Yeah, my my experience with Gran Turismo, I was very fortunate. I got a copy from Japan uh, before it came to Europe. Um, my dad brought home uh, a Dual Shock and a copy of Gran Turismo. So it was actually the first time I had the PlayStation Dual Shock in my hands. So all my friends wanted to come over and try that. And, and Gran Turismo, yeah, that was. Uh, for me and my brother, uh, a massive thing to have uh, on on the PlayStation. So my brother, he's he's not really a gamer anymore. But when he does game, he he does racing games. So for him, Gran Turismo was the the go to game in the house. Um, it caused a lot of arguments, uh, and the second <laughs> one and the third one because I wanted to play. I was still probably playing Final Fantasy VII at the time. Uh, I was still probably playing other games and then my brother just wanted to play the PlayStation constantly for this game to get all his licenses to unlock the Nissan Skylines and all this stuff. Um, but it's still... I, I tried. I'm not very good at racing games. I'm good at the party racing games. No, not good at the party racing games. I can I can hold my own, I guess. Um, so, so, so you mean, when you say party racing game, I mean, are you talking about like Mario, Mario Kart? Kart or yeah, what's... Diddy Kong, Mario Kart. <laughs> so so can you just call them karting games, like you know, kart racers? <laughs> yeah, we can. I, I, or... <laughs> Look, you can give them many names, I guess. Uh, sports, multiplayer. I've never heard party racing games. I That's that's just something that I... I but this is the first time I hear that term. The, the genius of it is that I knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, it, it, it took me like two seconds. I was like, party <laughs> racing games. And I kept, I went to Mario Party and I said, is there racing in Mario Party? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I guess um, it's like it's like party sports games is Mario Tennis. It's, it's basically yeah, anything yeah. that Mario's stuck on top of. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, so, so Gran Turismo in our house was uh, a, a big game that year. Um, sat alongside all the other ones we've spoken about uh, in the series in terms of like Resident Evil 2. Um, but I, I really felt that Gran Turismo was head and shoulders above anything else on that system, anything else on any system at that time. It, it blew us away, utterly blew us away. How do you fare with the uh, with the difficulty? Because Gran Turismo is one of those games that really upended yeah. um, the racing genre because it was a simulation or at least a semi simulation, yeah. and uh, you, you know you really had to adapt. That's the whole reason behind the licensing because it needed to instruct a new generation of players on you know how to properly race and follow the rules exactly. of, of the simulation itself. I personally had a ton of difficulty with it. I oh, I, yeah. I did not realize that you needed to break. Um, and so I kept just bumping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was basically playing Mario Kart, yeah, right? Exactly, bumping up against every exactly. corner, essentially. Yeah. Um, um, so how do you how do you fare with that? I mean, at, at that age, you know, were you able to adapt to Gran Turismo? Oh, I di- I, I didn't know how to break, uh, and I was refusing to be to learn how to break as well. I I really struggled. I really did. Uh, it wasn't the game for me, uh, but my brother was really good at it. So I would watch him play it. He made it look like a great game. Because uh, my brother, he just knew how to drive. He understood. He understood racing. He understood driving. He understands cars still. See, my my experience with Gran Turismo is that you know I would just rely on what people told me you could do later in the game and all the awesome mm. cars you could race later in the game. Because to me, my entire experience in 1998, 1999 was basically like trying to pass licenses essentially <laughs> um, <laughs> and failing utterly. Um, so I, you know, I did not adapt very well. It, yeah. it was only until later that I realized that breaking was a thing. Um, <laughs> But Anthony, uh, let me ask you, what's your experience with Gran Turismo? 
Man, Gran Turismo, like Gran Turismo was that game, like in certain genres that we, we've come across where if you're not into that genre, there's certain games that make you a fan of that genre. So I was, I always loved racing games, especially on, you know, when consoles were released, because I always felt like those were the games that really showcased the graphics and everything of the consoles. Obviously, this came out a few years after the PlayStation was released, but there was so much hype about Gran Turismo that you couldn't, you couldn't ignore it. And every magazine you'd open up, there was an article, a, a layout, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo. When it finally re- was released, I definitely picked it up day one. I, I, I think I did. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, I, I'm with you, man. I, uh, breaking was a new thing for me. I was like, Oh, okay. You can't just grind against the walls. Okay. That's fine. But I, I love the, um, I love the, the, the aspect of the licenses, though. I really did like that part of just trying to get that new license to get that upgrade, to get that new car, to get those new tracks. It definitely put that carrot in front of you, so to speak. And, um, it definitely left a, it definitely left a hell of an impact on me because, uh, I, I, to this day, I, uh, what, what was my first car in that game? A Honda Prelude? A Honda Prelude? <laughs> Yo, I'm still driving Hondas, so clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think you really can understate that, and this is something that was mentioned on the last episode, which is how much of an impact this game had on, you know, the preference of people, you know, for particular cars and brands. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I, I eventually ended up owning a, a Mitsubishi Lancer Evo, and it was primarily just because of Gran Turismo. Um, I, I wanted to feel how it drove, and I wanted to kind of compare you know, the, the simulation with the real life experience. I, not very similar. I, let me just put that out of the way. Um, but it, it's, it's really a game that, you know, unlike, let's say a need for speed, which was kind of my frame of reference before mm-hmm. this, you know, you could actually own an, uh, you know, an, an Integra or a Prelude. Um, you couldn't really own, you know, a, a Lamborghini Diablo SV, you know, as, as you did in, 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 in for speed, but right. with Gran Turismo, you know, Honda Civic, I mean, that's, right. <laughs> that's probably the first car that we all own. Um, I don't know about Jeff, you know, since Jeff is over in, in Europe, but, um, oh. you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, don't worry. Yeah. We have cars the, over here. We have cars. The, the, oh, you have cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. I, I really thought that all of you guys just rode around in bicycles, you know, the Honda, uh, the Honda Prelude was the, the Honda Civic. Of the nineties. It was that, it was that car that, uh, the car was nowhere near as much as the parts you buy for the car. <laughs> so if you paid, exactly. if you, right, if you paid, you might have paid like a thousand dollars for your prelude, but I bet you one of your rims was like, like probably fifteen hundred. <laughs> you know, and the other thing about it is that you can't understate, you know, the effect on, uh, the, the retail market essentially that this game had. Uh, essentially, Civics became pretty overpriced you know, right. <laughs> because of something like Gran Turismo. I think a, a lot of games, I, I mean, a lot of cars had a bump in their in their stock, uh, let's say, mm-hmm. because of Gran Turismo. So, you know, that's something that can't be really understated. That you know, that a game was able to cross over so strongly, you know, into the real world. Um, that's Something that Pokemon probably has done as well, but uh, <laughs> but in different ways. And with yeah. that segue, let me ask you, Anthony, because you're a clueless gamer on yes. this uh, on this episode. Uh, what's your experience with Pokemon <laughs> Red and Blue? 
None. <laughs> no experience. Oh, it makes but, perfect sense. But, you know that that's uh, that's our entire credibility. There, shot. You right. know, just put someone on here. You know this, that has absolutely no experience with Pokemon how, Red and Blue. Well, what could go wrong? Uh, none at the end. All. Listen, here's the thing. Um, I have a lot of respect for both these games. I have a lot of respect for Pokemon for certain reasons. I just, you know, the the I just I was in that demographic that. When Pokemon was starting to come out and be a thing, it just kind of escaped me. I was just like people were trying to catch Pokemon. I was trying to catch dates with people, with women, you know. So yeah, yeah, gotta yeah. gotta catch them all, STDs. Yeah, know? oh, uh, that's, that's, that's that's what you were looking for. Free, you know, free clinics, bro. It's yeah, all good. Bronx STDs, you know? uh, <laughs> HPV certified. <laughs> I don't even want to ask what type of you know STDs those are. <laughs> this COVID got nothing on me. But, uh, <laughs> oh no, of course. I mean, you were you were prepared twenty years ago, man. Dude, I, I'm the cure. They haven't found me yet, but I'm the cure. You have the antibodies and everything. <laughs> yes. Um, but but I guess I guess no, okay. You don't have a ton of. I don't. I don't have a ton of personal experience, but. Um, can you be objective? I think I don't know. I, that's my thing here. See, I came into this thing very objectively. So fear not, Pokemon fans. If if I don't choose your game, it's your fault, not mine. So <laughs> I don't know how that can be. I mean, just listening here is like, man, I feel very judged right now. Um, <laughs> I guess, uh, Jeff, let me ask you, what's your yeah. experience with Pokemon Red and Blue? Yeah, so I was I, I was in that key demographic. I was 14. Uh, I had a Game Boy. Uh, it, it sat, it had, it'd been quite quiet on, on the Game Boy scene for a couple of years before then, though. 97 wasn't a particularly great year. Uh, but then when, when Blue and Red came out, it was it was major news. It was huge. Um, and I didn't quite get why. It, it took a friend of mine to pick it up. Uh, he picked up uh, Red. Um and it took took like a lunch break kind of thing for me to play it to see what what it was about and what was going on you know I I I none of us had played a game like that before it was incredibly Japanese uh to start with but um yeah uh so I p- picked up Pokemon Blue quite quickly after that um and I got yeah hopelessly addicted to to this game I think I spent most of the Christmas of '98 playing this and I was completely besotted by it I I thought it was fantastic. You know, uh, Pokemon itself, that first generation, um, with the with the cartoon, with the anime, uh, and then with yeah. all the magazine press, everything that was going on, all the TV adverts, it was it really sunk its claws into me. The 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 one thing I'm glad I managed to stay away from though was the trading cards. So I managed to steer clear of yeah. that. Uh, because yeah. I'm ho- I can get hopelessly addicted, to which stuff. was probably hard because yeah. because everyone had the trading cards, yeah. and if you went to any school. You know, it, it was across the whole spectrum. I mean, it really wasn't confined to just, you know, the nerds, you know, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> everyone was kind of dealing with this. Um, and I guess along those lines, because I wasn't on the Pokemon episode, um, which I would have liked to be, uh, because I think, uh, I could have made a, a very fine argument, you know, against Pokemon, which uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make now because now I have to defend Pokemon in order to, you know, give a fair shot to both games. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I was actually in the key demographic as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I was 10 in 1999, so Pokemon had come out a year after, and so I had just arrived uh, from Cuba in 1999 at the end of that year, and so everything at that point Oof. was new to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had all these cartoons, I had all the Saturday morning cartoons, so Dragon Ball and all these other amazing uh, animes and series, and one of those was Pokemon. And... 
Pokemon was huge at the time. And so you had the original cartoon and I would wake up every Saturday morning to see it. And, you know, my experience with Pokemon was basically that, the cartoon. And it was only until later that I was able to actually play the game. And I think it was one of my friends lent me Pokemon Red. And I think I just kept it for months. And I eventually gave it back to him because I kept wondering what the hell happened to my Pokemon Red. And I was like, oh, it wasn't mine. <laughs> um, <and> so, <laughs> you know, that's how kids are, you know, when they're like 10 or 11, they just keep things. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I did not get the hoopla about the, the game itself. Uh, but I did love the, the cartoon. I was absolutely in love with Pikachu. I thought he was fucking adorable. Um, and, you know, that kind of segued very well into, you know, once I started playing the game, I had this familiarity with all the different Pokemon, you know, like, uh, Onyx and Charizard and all this, you know, awesome Pokemon. And I became like, like you say, Jeff, like hopelessly addicted to it. I, I yeah. must have put, it must have been the first game that I put probably over a hundred hours into. Um, because at the time I really wasn't into RPGs or anything like that. I mean, I, I did not, you know, spend a lot of time with one particular game. It was just kind of like, as you are as a kid, you know, you, you go from one game exactly. to the other, exactly. you know, depending upon how you feel and that particular mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't really focus on like, okay, let me get the most out of this game. Um, even though I did kind of have like a completionist kind of thing, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that the games I did have that I could actually beat, but did you, did it you, just didn't work did out. Did you collect them all? Did you, did you catch them all? No, I didn't. I didn't. I must have ended up at like, uh, I don't know, like 110 or so oh, because, effort. you know, I, I, I wasn't very social. So I was very shy about kind of telling people, Hey man, let's, uh, let's <laughs> up. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can, yeah. So I can get that Gyarados, uh, you know, uh, I'm missing, I'm missing Gyarados. I, I, I wasn't like that, you know, so I was very shy. So I, I didn't do that. And so I was at a, at a intrinsic disadvantage with respect to that. But yeah, man, I mean, this, this game was cracked to me. I, I love this game and I could see how, you know, for someone in, you know, their twenties or 18, you know, probably as Anthony was oh, like, yeah. this whole thing was just like a fact that's a nonsense. That, yeah. You that's know, a nonsense. Th- this is what the kids are doing. Right. I, I kind of feel like the same way about something like Yokai Watch, you know, which was a huge thing for a brief time there. And I was like, eh, I don't know what this whole thing's about, you know, uh, or, or even Minecraft, you know, or I don't know, like streaming nowadays or Twitch or. Yeah. Okay, let me just stop right there. I'm just going to start naming all the things that make me feel. But every every generation has yeah Yeah. has this this thing like you know similar. And I think I think that's where that's where Game Freak know that uh, because I think every Pokemon game is for the same demographic each time. But they people get older, they think, well, this isn't the Pokemon I loved. It's like, well, this this Pokemon isn't for you. Pokemon for you was Pokemon Gold. Pokemon. Sword is now for exactly. these people, so stop complaining that it's not for you because it's not made for you. <laughs> yeah, wh- whichever one you played first, you know, the, the, your first exposure to Pokemon is almost like Doctor Who. Like your first Doctor is always going to be your favorite Doctor. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's that holds true as a as a Hovian. Um, and with Pokemon, it's like okay, you know, if your first Pokemon was Pokemon, I don't know, Black or Diamond or whatever, exactly. you know, and you were the right age at that time. Um, then that's going to be the Pokemon for you. And, and that's the beauty, I think, about the series is that it can't reintroduce itself constantly, you know, to new generations. And it still holds 
that kind of carrot and stick, you know, approach of like, you know, getting people sucked in, exactly. you know, to this world and, and getting them really hopelessly addicted, as, as Paul said, and making them, you know, terrible human beings. Um, I'm <laughs> Definitely. Just I'm just kidding. It, does, um, it, it, it happens to the best of us. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and so for me, I, I was like you, Jeff, in that demographic. I mean, I was, I'm three years younger than you, I think. So, um, sorry about that, guys. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm in that demographic where, you know, I, I had that crack and I made sure to take advantage of the crack. Yep. Um, so, uh, and it's funny <laughs> because when you look at these two games, they look like they don't really have a ton in common, but, you know, they really are about collecting them all. I mean, yeah. you do want to get to that point where you buy that awesome, you know, Corvette, um, or you buy that, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's weird because Gran Turismo, compared to other series, because of licensing reasons, they didn't have like uh, a Ferrari, for example. So, um, you know, the higher end cars, you know, were kind of like the the Formula cars, et cetera, or like, uh, you know, the the rally cars etc uh but yeah it, ultimately at the end of the day it's two games about collecting but you know in terms of like my personal experience you know i find that i have fonder memories of pokemon strangely enough which is weird for me to say you know it's the resident crank of the of the show <laughs> um i have fonder memories of pokemon than i do of uh, gran turismo which Again, it's just just interesting. I mean, yeah. um, I, I guess that's a question for you as well, Jeff. I mean, do you have fonder memories of Pokemon than you do of Gran Turismo? Yeah, I think personally, you know, I I, I would say yes. I I respect the hell out of Gran Turismo, um, a phenomenal game for the, when you think of of what the standard that it set for racing games, which were uh, there was so many racing games at the time, and uh, it really set an incredibly high bar. But for me personally, Pokemon was just so much fun, uh, so accessible, and it just it gave you that addiction. And when you're a kid, you love collecting, buying stuff, uh, just like I do today. You know, so <laughs> it, it, it 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 really, yeah. I think that Pokemon is that real. Uh, it really scratches that itch for 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 most kids. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but let's let's talk. Uh, you know, in particular about Red and Blue itself. I mean. Because there have been many Pokemon games afterwards, um, and Red and Blue kind of feel quaint by comparison. Um, do, do you think that, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue should be looked at, you know, in the context of all the games that came after? Or should we judge it based on what essentially is a very simple game with very simple mechanics, but with a very good feedback loop? Um, I guess, Anthony, let me, let me ask you that question, you know, and hopefully you can answer it objectively. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm, I'm I'm talking to my son the other day, and I don't even know what got him into randomly playing a Pokemon game. I really don't remember why, but he commented on the simplicity of it. You know, um, just the simplicity of the gameplay, the graphics, just everything, and he he just enjoyed it for that. So. When I look, when I think back on like what you guys are talking about with Pokemon Red and Blue, um, I think you have to base it just off of what it was then because it it was just a, a simpler time then, you know. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, it's it's also the fact that it it was the first introduction introduction to many right. you know, an RPG like game. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was essentially an introductory RPG uh, because. 
you know, many kids were not playing, let's say, Suikoden, you know, at mm-hmm. the time. I mean, uh, you, you had to have a certain age, you know, in order to grapple with the mechanics of a game like that. But with Pokemon, you know, you essentially had four uh, attacks or, or, or moves, you know, with respect to your Pokemon. And you had essentially six party members, which were your Pokemon. Um, and, you know, you mix and match with them. So it was a very good introduction to you know, the RPG genre itself. I mean, what do you think about that, Jeff? That's a good point. I think, that, you know, you're, you're building a cast, you're building your, you know, you're, you're making sure you're balancing out your strengths or weaknesses, knowing that you're going to be coming up against varied foe. Um, you know, when you're going into a water or, or fire-based uh, region, uh, you know, what the deal is and how you need to prepare. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it, it, it's a great it's a great insight there to say that it probably does teach a lot of kids how to how to kind of strategically think uh, how to uh, you know approach a situation and how to take advantage of uh, of somebody's weakness or something's weakness so uh, let me ask you then with respect to gran turismo do you think gran turismo should be you know knocked a few points etc because it had that much of a higher barrier of entry um do you, do you think so jeff hmm what do you mean by higher barrier of, of entry I mean, it was it was a difficult game, okay, you know, right, for right, yeah. for people. Yeah. I mean, if if you didn't understand the mechanics of the simulation, or you couldn't really grasp, you know, what the game wanted out of you, then it was essentially impossible. To yeah, play. I guess I guess you're 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 looking at again those those demographics. Who, who's the game uh, aiming for? Who, you know, what's the target audience? Pokemon is taking advantage of of kids being kids of being. Easy to manipulate, easy to control, easy to get them addicted to stuff, um, and easy to kind of like con- constantly give them that like you know the old uh, stick and carrot kind of thing. Whereas Gran Turismo is very much for you would say teenagers to late teenagers, uh, people who already have an interest in racing. Definitely, I reckon if you go back now. Um, I'm sure the secondhand shops after the first month were stacked full of the like of, of copies of Gran Turismo because I'm sure <laughs> a lot of people were just like I've actually got to drive like if I want to drive I'll go and drive a car I don't need to drive I want to play a game I want to have fun so I can imagine right. there would have been a lot of that sort of initial oh god this maybe not for me whereas the people who like I said my, my brother thought that it was the best thing since sliced bread and f- finally thankfully there's a racing game that actually delivers what i want as a as a gamer and that is that real simulation experience so not, not that's this is me trying to not knock it points because i think that it does what it sets out to do incredibly well and right. and it, it the people that wanted it would have bought it and and a bunch of johnnies and jimmies and sallies 12 years old that's not for them right so i if they pick it up and play it of course they're going to find it tough even i found it tough i was 14 so I no docking at points. I'm going to be on the fence about that. Okay, okay. Um, all right. So uh, you know, who do we give the edge here on this factor? I mean, I, it sounds like Pokemon kind of gets the edge, right? And pers- uh, you turn in terms of personal per- attachment, per- personal experience. Yeah, personal attachment. Oh well, for me personally, <laughs> it's going to go into Gran, Gran Turismo. Turismo. Yeah, yeah. Well, for you, it's Gran Turismo. Yeah. For me and Jeff, it sounds yeah, like personal. Yeah, you know, we're right, right. Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we have you know. A majority, <laughs> majority here saying uh, Pokemon. Um, so I guess then you know we go over into critical and sales reception, and you know, and these two games were juggernauts. But you know, we're talking about 
terrific, terrific sales in terms of Gran Turismo, and then we're talking about astronomical sales right. in terms of Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, we have lifetime sales for Pokemon. You know, red, blue, yellow green whatever <laughs> you know it's 31 million dollars uh, 31 million copies worldwide i mean that's ridiculous absolutely massive you right. know that's you know that's super mario brothers one numbers and that was a packing um so that's compared to the 10.85 million uh for gran turismo Chump change. So, which is yeah, huge I mean, for a ps1 game it, absolutely oh, yeah, huge. For sure. a- absolutely huge i mean in fact you know, it is the best-selling game on oh, uh, really? on the PS One. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it, it it cannot be faulted. Uh, you know, it's right up there with Tekken Three and Final Fantasy Seven in terms of the best stuff. But yeah, it's uh, you know, as of March twenty thirteen, it is the best-selling PlayStation game in a in, in a system that sold a ton of uh, a ton of uh, hardware. So both of these games, I think, you know, when you look at them both respectively in terms of sales, I mean, it's really, you know, Pokemon just gets the slight edge simply because it just did so well. But Gran Turismo, I mean, in its ecosystem, really Mm -hmm. did as well as anybody could have hoped. You know, do you agree, guys? Yeah, I don't. This is it's a hard. Yeah, I mean, it's a. You can't fault either one in this in the critical reception department. I mean, sales are sales. Uh, it, it's, it's almost unfair to compare it, Gran Turismo to, to the Pokemon sales, but like, you know, like you, like you mentioned, Ozzy, in the, in its ecosystem, it's, like you said, it's the highest selling PlayStation game, you know? So. Yeah. And then, and then when you look at the, at the rankings itself, I mean, mm-hmm. here, that's where things start differing a little bit because Gran Turismo has a Metacritic of 96, you know, which is, you know, we're talking about Ocarina of Time levels of, uh, you know, critical reception. Oh, wow. Well, wow, Ocarina of Time, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's massive, you know, <laughs> and, and you had a, a perfect 10, you know, for, from the UK PlayStation Magazine, which picks her prize PlayStation <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, with Pokemon Red and Blue, you have an 88% in game ranking. So I think that, the rankings of, you know, the critical reception of Gran Turismo, no, of Pokemon was a little bit more muted because I don't think reviewers who were older, who skewed older, were really cognizant of the massive effect that the series would have on the popular consciousness. Mm, right. So, yeah. you know, when you take a look at this compared to, let's say, Final Fantasy VII, you say, okay, this is a lot simpler you know, I get it, it's meant for kids, but it's not revolutionary. And so that's why you end up seeing good receptions, but you don't end up seeing, you know, universal hailing of the, the franchise like Gran Turismo did, did, for example. So, you know, when you look at Pokemon, you know, Red and Blue, Famitsu gave it a 29 out of 40, mm. which seems very quaint. You know, it's, it's weird, you know, for such a big magazine to basically have a pretty... I wouldn't say mediocre, but just okay reception for a game that would become so massive. Yep. So I think it kind of equalizes at the end of the day. You know, Pokemon Red and Blue had the slight edge in terms of, you know, in terms of sales. But, you know, Gran Turismo had the edge in terms of the critical reception. Yep, right. Um, what do you think about that, Jeff? Yeah, it's... So, I mean, when you're looking at both consoles, two of the highest selling consoles of all time, 
Um, you've got uh, on the PlayStation, I think we've said it so many times in the past, but the competition on the, on the shelf in the stores is so, so strong about what game do you pick up. Um, I, as I, as I kind of mentioned, I felt like, for my personal opinion, back in 1998, especially, you know, late 98, there wasn't a lot of other Game Boy games to go and buy that were that hyped. No, and, and the Game Boy was pretty much on its last legs. I mean... Yeah, exactly. You know, Nintendo eventually went in on the Game Boy Color, you know, because Pokemon essentially gave it another shot in the arm of, of adrenaline to the, to the original Game Boy, which by this point was a system with, you know, like 18-year-old technology, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was insane. Um, and it's a technical marvel. What they were able to do with 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 that con- with that console, Game Freak, it, it was right. incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the lower, slightly lower scores, um, this is par of the course for Pokemon games in general. They rarely ever get 10 out of 10s because they're games f- for kids, to get addicted to they're not and this is where we might lose some listeners i don't think they're really incredible games they're just insane they're, no they're not i don't it's think just so the either marketing is genius the characters of the of g1 are are incredibly well designed especially for the anime they look brilliant it's 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 a bit like uh, Yo-Kai Watch, like you mentioned earlier. It's like hell, hell if I'm going to play that, and I don't understand why why anyone would want to. But kids love this stuff, and it's easy to market. It's easy to sell. Nintendo, we've said this in the past. When they get something that's decent, they will they will pump. They will really go all for it when it comes to pushing it in front of people's faces. And we've also spoken about Nintendo gamers from that era. They would take anything they could get because they weren't getting a lot. So this is where it's like I'm, you know, this sounds like I'm really trying to like pro, be pro Gran Turismo here, but I I do think Pokemon, the ecosystem is a really important thing to think about. The the world it exists in is very much a bubble and it's like an echo chamber. And if you say even today, if you say anything bad about Pokemon, then people think that you're <laughs> that you're a hater. And it's like no no no, they're just objectively decent games. They're not incredible games. They're just decent addictive games yeah i mean and and let's not let's not forget the feedback loop i mean the feedback loop is extremely addicting i mean that's the whole point of gotta catch them all i mean it's it's getting kids to get that next fix okay let let me keep going into that grass to see if i can catch that jigglypuff um that that paul so much loves (laughs) um so it's it's huge but then again you think about the fact that you know, the Game Boy had essentially a nine-year head start in terms of a built-in audience. You know, people yeah. were buying Game Boys since 1989. And so this was in almost every house at the time. And, exactly. you know, thanks to Tetris, you know, even, you know, uh, you know, Grandma, you know, played the Game Boy. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. so, and so when you compare that to the PlayStation, you know, which was only three, four years into it, um, it, it had less time to build up that audience. And, you know, for, for people with a Game Boy, they could just buy this brand new game when, in fact, there was a, an almost a complete drought of Game Boy games at the time. So it makes sense that Pokemon, you know, sold so well because, you know, people had Game Boys and people wanted games for it. So, yeah. you know, you put that two on two together and it, and it works great. I mean, what do you think about that end? No, no, I completely agree. Um, I think, when you're looking at um, 
the reviews themselves for the game, and I, you made the point, and I was thinking the same thing, was that the people reviewing the games are older adults and looking at this Pokemon thing like like a little, like, whatever, little kid RPG thing. But, yeah, uh, the, the, the a lot of people <laughs> overlook the install base, you know, and, you, I mean... Man, it, it's it's remarkable. Remember, you know, I know I know it's been mentioned before, but if if you have a, a certain amount of an, an install base and you get ten percent of that install base to buy a, a Pokemon game, in this case, you know, these are the look at the numbers you're getting. It's and you also have an element here which I don't want to forget because I can't miss an opportunity to knock on the Nintendo 64. Um, <laughs> um, the Nintendo 64 did not have a ton of games either. And so if you had a Nintendo home where what they essentially had was a Nintendo 64 and a Game Boy, you're not getting a ton of stuff on the Nintendo 64, at least not until later in the year um, when Ocarina of Time is released. And so you're like, okay, well, you know, let me take advantage of Pokemon, which is this new Nintendo game. Right. Um, so... Yep. That's another element that maybe, you know, we hadn't thought about and, and that maybe, you know, factor well, I, into it. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that about five, ten minutes ago. I, I, I do think it's important that that we we don't disparage Nintendo fans too much uh, in, this, in, in this chat. But definitely in this time, it was you all own GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Z- Z- uh, Ocarina of Time and probably Pokemon. It was just, what else are you going to have? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess, you know, can we say that this is a, a tie essentially for this uh, factor? I think, I mean, we spoke so much about Pokemon and not as much about about the, 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 the success of Gran Turismo. The I think critical acclaim, it needs to go to Gran Turismo because it is a superior game. When you're talking about like technical game, it is a superior, incredible game. Sales is where it starts to even out. So for me, I'm still going to edge towards Gran Turismo personally. What about you, Ant? Yeah, I, I think, like Jeff said, we spoke so much about Pokemon, but it was almost to defend it. <laughs> I think, I, no, no, but not in a bad way. I just mean like it, 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 we're trying to give it like this is why, this is why it's this, this is why it's that. But Gran Turismo, we kind of just said, yep, great reviews. Uh, and like Jeff just mentioned, technical tech, on a technical level, this game is just—I mean, it—it—it it, yeah. it, it, it was a template for anything future-wise and driving games. So, got to go with Gran Turismo. I mean, it's—it's it's just taken as as common wisdom that okay, Pokemon sells a ton, and Gran Turismo was very well received. You know, it's yeah. like, do we need to say more? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think when you take a look at it, you know, the edge that Pokemon has is just the fact that it sold 31 million copies. I think when you look at the fact that Gran Turismo was the best-selling game on the system and the fact that it was better received critically, I think, in my view, that makes it more impressive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think so. So. Yeah. Cool. so that gives uh, Gran Turismo the nod for this factor. Oh, boy. I guess let's let's talk about 
the legacy of these games and, and how genre-defining they were. Um, I think with respect to Gran Turismo, I mean, it essentially created a genre. Right. I mean, yeah. would you say, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. It, it it was the first of its kind, and today people are still ex- still enjoying the series and enjoying games like Forza. So, Gran Turismo was the yeah, it was the it was the the birth child of a of a very important uh, genre for video games. Like 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 Ant mentioned, like now when you get a brand new console, a lot of people look to okay, let me see how good the racing games are. Because yeah. that's that's the level that people now kind of go. If it's not realistic, then then the system's not good enough. Right. And I think that's a great testament to to the lo- the longevity of Gran Turismo here. Yeah, I mean, and the console manufacturers, uh, you know, Sony and Microsoft, they essentially need to have their own simulations. So Sony has yeah. Gran Turismo, whereas Microsoft has Forza, and you know, Forza's kind of put up there, you know, with every kind of unveiling of any new system for Microsoft and. You know, the direct lineage from Gran Turismo to Forza is absolutely there. Um, so what, what do you think, Ant, in terms of uh, Gran Turismo's genre defining, you know, I mean, what, what do you think, you know, makes Gran Turismo so enduring in that sense? Um, I think because, because up, up until this point, for the most part, we had, like you said, like arcade racers. We had Need for, Need for Speed. We had, uh, Ridge Racer. Um, and this definitely scratched that niche for people that wanted a little bit more. And I don't think we've looked back since. I think, right. Well, and, 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 yeah. And I guess let me ask you a question and sorry to interrupt you, Ant. I mean, do you fault Gran Turismo because it essentially led the way in kind of killing the arcade racer? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think there's room for both. I just feel that. Oh, me too. Me yeah, too. I think there's room for both. I mean, there's, you know, not, not you don't want to play a, a he- and and this for any genre, you can you can play a heavy uh, RPG game, you can play a heavy sim game, and then you kind of just need to just unwind and just have fun. So if I play Gran Turismo, I might be like, all right, cool, I need to take a break. Let me try. Let me play some Daytona now. You know, like it it it, it goes both ways. Um, but right, if with with Gran Turismo, you saw the, 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 like you said, the lineage of, of, uh, Sega GT, and then you saw, which, then you saw Forza, which is now like the sim racing game, and I think, yeah, man, I, I, Grant, we might not be seeing any new Gran Turismo games per se, but we are seeing its, its DNA in a lot of other games. I guess, you know, let me ask you that, Jeff. I mean, because the way I see it, yes, there's room for both, but we've eventually gotten to the point where even the need for speed games have a pseudo simulation feel. And I think that can be directly attributed to the influence of Gran Turismo. We don't really see pure arcade games anymore, except for, you know, what you call the, the party games, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, I, I would say, a, a mm. negative in terms of genre defining, but it still makes a genre defining. Well, yeah. what, what do you think about that, Jeff? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, so I, all of my racing game experiences by watching my brother, um, he, he's just so good at them, bastard. Um, <laughs> and, and when I, when I think about, like, especially like Need for Speed, he really got into that on the PlayStation 2 when you could start customizing. And I think that when you go through that, and I think then the Burnout series kind of 
uh, it was another hybrid where you've got like a racing game, but it's also a bit arcadey because it's very short, full of accidents and crashes and all the all the great stuff. Um, so it's, it's definitely become a blend uh, for a lot of genres. I think a lot of developers would have realized that Gran Turismo has set a bar in terms of not only not only technical prowess and not only uh, realistic you know realism but also of giving gamers more choice when when racing and we even see it with Mario Kart today right you can select the wheels you can select what what uh, glider type you want what kind of car you want all these kind of things where we're just starting to give that choice because that's what people want because they want to be able to pick and choose and to tweak and to make their little alterations and for sure Gran Turismo wasn't the first game to ever offer customization but I think that it definitely did that for racing where it was said right you can have a racing game but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna really let you just slightly tweak and tune because that's what great racing uh, racing car teams like your Ferraris, like your Mercedes, it's all the Formula One stuff. Even in your Daytonas, you get you get uh, in your NASCAR. You know, it's all about the mechanics behind the scenes, making the tweaks as well as well as it is the driver. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think arcade racers had to change because consoles were cat- caught up so fast with, with the arcade and started pulling ahead. Another racing pun for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I think they had to adapt. And I think the ones that couldn't are the ones that part that 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 kind of got left on the scrap heap. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I think there's also another element to this, which is that. You know, just as Pokemon did a lot in order to pull in new gamers into the RPG genre, I think Gran Turismo cannot be ignored in terms of what it did to bring in gamers. Well, not gamers, but bring in people that didn't see games as anything other than a toy. You know, it allowed, you know, a degree of seriousness to uh, the medium that I think was probably lacking before. I mean, you could enjoy a need for speed, but at the end of the day, that was still very much a game, you know, fun, you know, and, and you know, having that thrill was, you know, the, the most important factor rather than saying, OK, this is going to be, you know, as good a simulation as we can give you of real cars on real tracks, etc. So it probably pulled in a lot of individuals that would not have otherwise gotten pulled in because they saw games as a kid's toy. I would say. So I guess let's, let's jump over then to Pokemon, Jeff. I mean, because we've said that essentially it's a very simplistic game, but it it did create a a genre in a sense, which was the, let's just call it the, the gotta catch them all genre, you know, that (laughs) you just had this loop of just having to catch all this, uh, you know, tchotchkes in this case, uh, you know, pocket creatures or pocket monsters as they, as they called it. Um, but at the end of the day, it still was very much, a simple RPG, you know, in yeah, the Dragon yeah. Quest mold. So, so what do you think in terms of, uh, you know, the general defining aspect of Pokemon? How do you think that that kind of stacks up? This is a this is this is a tricky one because it is it is essentially an RPG, and they've been around for a very very long time. Um, it, it, you know, like that kind of that that loop that we're talking about, which is the the gotta catch them all genre loop that 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 it, it kind of created. Um, well. Yeah, there's probably lots of games before that that people are probably shouting at us right now that probably did a similar <laughs> kind of thing that we're not we're not we're not thinking about because we got to remember as well this came out in Japan in 1996 
so you've got to think that it took nearly you know over two years to come to the West. There's a lot of games that never ever made it over for, to you know t- to us from Japan that were probably very similar. But Pokemon just managed to to kind of do a little tweak that that got everybody addicted, all the kids addicted. So I think that on one hand, yet yeah, it it created a series which we're still talking about today. Some of us are, are are aren't playing it. I know lots of people in our age groups who are still playing Pokemon. Um, a load of people in my office, I remember, were going crazy when Pokemon Go came out. <laughs> yeah. um, and and we're talking about like guys in their fifties who were now hunting Pokemon for yeah. for, a, for a couple of weeks. So let, it, let me give, let me give you an example of that. Let me just yeah. step in, Jeff. I mean, yeah. I. As I've said before, I'm an attorney and I work at a law firm. There were partners, you know, with their phones playing Pokemon Go on the bathroom stall. I mean, wow. that's, that's you know, and that's an entirely different conversation because Pokemon Go is another entirely separate phenomenon. But, you know, to be fair, the lineage starts here with Pokemon Red. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I guess that goes well into legacy. Um, you know, wish of this game, Sam, do you think has the stronger legacy? Because in the case of Gran Turismo, you know, its legacy is still being felt nowadays. And its legacy has crossed over, as we have said, into real life, Mm -hmm. where individuals have become race car drivers because of uh, Gran Turismo. I was about to say Pokemon, (laughs) goddamn. And essentially, Gran Turismo is synonymous nowadays with racing in real life. Yeah. Um, compared to Pokemon, where essentially this game was the foundation for a cultural craze. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who do you think has the edge here? Um, it, it, well, like you said, it's we, we, the Gran Turismo legacy is still being felt, but the Pokemon legacy, we're still seeing it. It's it's still there. It, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's not like uh, no one saying, oh, this game reminds me of Pokemon. No, people are like, have you played the new Pokemon? Have you gotten the new Switch with the Pokemon freaking <laughs> controllers? The, the, I mean, yeah, I think, I think legacy-wise, you have to go with Pokemon. What about you, Jeff? What do you think? This is a really hard one, really hard. I, I've been really f- racking my brain to look at it from different angles. I think when you look at wider society, um, Pokemon has been a cultural phenomenon that probably even my parents are aware of and know about, um, whereas Gran Turismo wouldn't. Like if I said Gran Turismo to my dad, he'd think of uh, an, like an actual car from from you know from, uh, from from the US. He'd think, oh, you're talking about cars. He's like, yeah, I'm talking about a car video game. And like, I don't know what you mean. So, whereas they've all they all know they all rec- would recognize. They wouldn't know if he's he or she's called Pikachu, but they run they, they know what a Pikachu is. You know, right? Yeah. Um. So I think culturally, Pokemon has had more of an imprint. Um, within gaming, I think that's where it's a bit more even, um, uh, not still not too much. Cause I think Pokemon is a phenomenon and you can't dispute that it is, uh, it is something that people will continue to play for generations. And we're going to be very old men looking at scores of kids running around playing Pokemon on their <laughs> virtual... I don't know. I can't even begin to try and predict what people are going to be playing in, in 50 years' time. Oh, it'll just be uh, holograms by then. It'll just it'll actual just, holographic yeah, po- Pokemon yeah, running around. Yeah. I oh, can amazing. tell you the future, we're going to have 
Pokemons inside the home, you know, yeah. via hologram. Yeah. And they're just going to, like, spend the time with us. And, you know, you're going to be eating. And then uh, an Onyx is just going to come in and sniff <laughs> your food, see if he, you know, if you can yeah. give him some or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a very, very scary world. I don't know if I want to live in that world. So I guess then on the Grand, you know, to speak about Gran Turismo, because I think Pokemon's an easy one to talk about the, the, the cultural imprint that it's made but for Gran Turismo on the gaming side yeah we've said it a few times already it it, it created a genre uh, in its own right it it made developers of racing games look at themselves and say we need to do better now like we yeah. have the competition is here and we need to react to this and I think we've gotten now so many good racing games like unbelievably good racing games you've even got formula one drivers playing a formula one game when they're doing their practice sessions. <laughs> it's that realistic um and, and and i think that that is uh yeah i think that that that's that very there's a very large legacy as well um uh, but for me when you put them head to head on this one i mm. pokemon does edge it it yeah. has to I mean, yeah. well, uh, real quick, I just wanted to ask the if if you if you bought a Pokemon game back then, you basically already had a Game Boy. Um, I wonder if how many systems Gran Turismo sold if you didn't have oh, a PlayStation. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I actually can't. Oh no no! Oh oh oh! What? No. <laughs> what? Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think I think it was. Let let me call Casanova Demolition right quick. I'm gonna text him real quick. No, but I think I think I think Grand Turismo was probably more of a system seller. Yeah, big time. Mm. Yeah, I would I would say so. I would say so. Um, I guess in in my case, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking about this. I really want to give them a tie, but I can't. So because I have to make a decision. Um, (laughs) but I I think that you know. Pokemon is not no slouch in terms of how genre defining it was. I mean, yes, it's a simple RPG. Yes, we had been playing RPGs since Dragon Quest, since, I don't know, Wizardry, whatever. But it did it in a way that was fresh. It did it in a way that was accessible to gamers. And it popularized a genre that essentially is still going strong to this day. Gran Turismo created a genre. It's great. You know, but, you know, when you look at the legacy... You know, I would say in terms of genre defining, they're pretty neck and neck. But then when you look at the legacy, you know, just Pokemon just has to take an absolute edge there. So I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we uh, have agreed that uh, Pokemon should get the edge, at least with respect to this factor. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of finish it up, guys. Um, let's look at this game's head to head, which is, I think, what we've been doing so far. Um, which games would you rather play which game would you rather play nowadays um anthony i'm pretty sure i know your answer oh well i don't mean to be you know so obvious but uh <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it's funny i'm look i'm looking at the, the notes and okay so i would obviously i'd rather play gran turismo right now but i think when you when you uh, it says we have the question which do you think is the more important game and i Objectively, as I'm trying to be here, I have to go with Gran Turismo here as well because of the points that we made previously, how it redefined this specific genre and the games we're even playing now racing wise. I think it's that I think it I think the edge goes to Gran Turismo here. It's the more important game. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, before I jump into Jeff, I want to mention something, you know, in terms of what this factor should measure is. 
you know, how well has this game aged, essentially? I mean, in terms of Pokemon, all the games that came after, you know, refined, you know, the mechanics to the point that going back to Pokemon Red and Blue feels very weird. It feels very strange. I don't know if any of you... Um, I know you haven't, Anthony, but if you've gone back to it on the Nintendo 3DS re-release, it's kind of shocking how much slower it feels and mm. how basic it feels in comparison. It's not a game, I think, nowadays it's very enjoyable, you know, once you have gotten a taste right. of what came after. I think that even just, you know, a few years later when Pokemon Gold and Silver came out, that automatically made Pokemon Red and Blue obsolete, particularly when you take into account that the Kanto region was included in exactly. Gold and Silver. Yep. Whereas, where you look at Grand, when you look at Gran Turismo, I think you could still go back to that game, and that game holds up bang up. I think that game still holds up extremely well. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, there have been you know, subsequent installments that have refined the mechanics of the simulation. They have made it a lot tighter, but it's still very much the same enjoyable game that you played back in 1998. You don't really have to play, you don't have to put your 1998 goggles, you know, in order to enjoy that game. Mm -hmm. Yes, the graphics are a little bit more outdated, but if we're talking about outdated graphics, then Pokemon is just bang up losing. (laughs) Um, Because that game, you know, looks very, very old. And let's not even talk about the screechy, you know, sound of the Pokemon, you know, which I still don't get. (laughs) Um, So I, I think that Gran Turismo is a game that you can still go back and play. And even better, you know, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule because it allows you to play with cars, you know, from the period and it allows you to see what was, you know, essentially the the benchmark, you know, for that time period. Yeah. Um, so I kind of tip my hand there. But Jeff, what, what do you think in terms of both these games? Which one would you rather play? So uh, Pokemon is a red and blue Pokemon. Yeah. The the points have been made, which I'm going to have to repeat, but at least so then I can kind of work it through my through my brain. Um, if I'm going to play Pokemon Red again, I'm going to play Pokemon Fire Red on the Game Boy Advance. It's superior in absolutely every way. I tried going back to Blue not too long ago, and I'm like, oh, this is this is not really that much fun. Um, and I know there are better versions of this, so I'm going to play the better versions. Um, and I think that's where, that's where the game falls down for me. Um, because when you, I, I, my immediate reaction is to say, I'd rather play Pokemon today, but I wouldn't be putting in the original cart. I'd be putting in a different cart. So that's where it's like, no, no, no. I, t- I need to think about these two specific games. And I think if I'm going to do that, I'd rather play Gran Turismo today. I guess then let's uh, let's go for all the marbles, I suppose. Which game gets to advance in your eyes? And let's just, let's just recap. In terms right. of personal attachment, we said Pokemon. Right. In terms of critical reception, you know, we gave the edge to Gran Turismo. In terms of legacy genre defining, we gave it to Pokemon. And in terms of head-to-head, we gave it to Gran Turismo. So... That's pretty much even. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, now you have to make a choice as to which one gets to advance. Hey, man, I started off driving a Prelude and I'm driving a Honda still. I'm going with Gran Turismo, baby. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Jeff? I have to make sure I'm super clear here to our listeners. We're talking about the exact games. We're not talking about the franchises. We're not talking about the, the, the cultural side of things. We're talking right. about the game itself. 
We're not talking about Pokemon Gold. We're not talking uh, Pokemon Sword. Sorry, we're not talking about Gran Turismo Five. We're talking about the original games. Original games, <laughs> head to head. It has to be Gran Turismo for me. It is a be- it's, it's a better game. It's just a it's a better game. Full stop. It got better scores for a reason because Pokemon is an addictive collecting child's game <laughs> and Gran Turismo Jeff started off by saying he gave this whole argument like okay listen guys this is what I mean here and then once he once he gave his answer he was like fuck this I'm blowing the roof off this thing now <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, you should have stopped like maybe <laughs> you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm not the one who shits all over you know all those uh, Square Enix guys and me and Moto. I have respect for people in the industry <laughs> oh fair enough fair enough okay um, I, okay so, so I, I think this is sad but let me just uh, give you my, my reason I, I I really do think that you know if you take a look at cultural phenomenon and if this was a popularity contest yeah Pokemon would go all the way to the end exactly. and this contest would be absolutely meaningless. Right. Exactly. So I think that's why we have to be very objective here. And that's why we have to kind of separate, you know, the cultural legacy and just make that one of the points. But just like, you know, sales reception is not everything and critical reception is not everything. Mm-hmm. So too should not, you know, the the cultural impact be the sole thing that measures whether a game gets to advance or not. And I think, you know, in order to do that, you have to take a look into the game in a vacuum, you know, and see, you know, that particular game, how it stacks up. And when you take a look into that, you know, I do have a very strong affinity to Pokemon, but at the same time, Gran Turismo has to get the edge. And I, and I, I didn't pick Gran Turismo because I've, only played it. I actually came into this recording thinking I was going to vote for Pokemon. I really did. <laughs> but you guys did a terrible job of convincing me otherwise, so gotta go with Gran Turismo. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, the, the, the intent wasn't to convince you to vote Gran Turismo. I think we, we, we really tried to kind of be fair to both. Uh, obviously, I just I've just pulled pulled hot water on all of the uh, gamers <laughs> out there. <laughs> but it is it is incredibly important to 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 know that. You know, I love both franchises. I respect them. I think we all do. It's yeah. just, and I think, Ozzy, you're right. You know, we've got to be objective here. And I think we're going to be saying this for all the other episodes because we know people are going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you know, we are in the cream of the crop, yeah. except for one game. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we are going to be pissing off quite a few people with every single episode that we go from here on out. and And that's... That's something that we just have to accept. You know, when you have a, a matchup like this, when you have these brackets, hard decisions are going to have to be made. And we're going to have to look at this objectively. I don't think we can be faulted for not being objective. I think that we gave Pokemon a very fair chance, I think, in this episode. No, we did. But yeah. I think ultimately, when you take a look at it, you know, Gran Turismo, baby, Yamaushi's uh, brainchild has to advance. So, Gran Turismo, congratulations. You get to go on to the semifinals. Right. There we go. And, uh, well and let's give a bow to Pokemon. Valiant um, effort. There were a lot of people worried that Pokemon was just going to ride based on its popularity. But as you can see, there can still be upsets. Even in the age of coronavirus, we still have brackets. We still have matchups. We still have the madness. Right. Um, you know, th- <laughs> this is March miracles, Madness. This is real. Miracles <laughs> yeah. can This is the only happen. March we- Madness right now. 
we were we are recording this in March, so we managed to get some March Madness into <laughs> our lives yeah. just before it ended. Um, so uh, let's give about to Pokemon. You know, you did great things. Well done. But well done. Uh, we have to we have to uh, wave you goodbye. So um, with that out of the way, that's uh, going to be all for us. This uh, is one of the, the shorter episodes because, uh, you know, we can't spend uh, forever talking about these games. Um, so uh, let's finish this up. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. That's usually where we uh, are. That's Arnie Helming, uh, our uh, Instagram account. And you can talk to him directly. And he's going to relay whatever information you guys, uh, you know, want to relate to us. If you want to, you know, tell us that we are absolutely insane and that we deserve to die because we picked Gran Turismo over Pokemon <laughs> you know it's not something we want to hear but we will take it um, so go to Region Free Gamers Podcast you know on Instagram uh, you can also find us on our website that's regionfreegamers.com we usually have articles there you know whenever we have the time to to do it um so make sure to check it out from time to time also we're on twitter that's a uh, region free gamer without the s um again i want to remind you all if you like what you hear make sure to go to apple Podcasts and give us a review hopefully five stars um so my name is ozzy you can find me at shadow the collector with periods in between on instagram Jeff, we can find you at uh, G-Spot Gaming. And indeed. Um, and Anthony, we can find you at Polybits uh, underscore. Uh, so with that, we're going to be signing off. Uh, thank you, Pokemon. Congratulations, Gran Turismo. Until next time, see ya. See ya. Fear not, Pokemon fans. If... If I don't choose your game, it's your fault, not mine.